Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for another episode of Flyover Labs. This is, of course, Dave Cruz. And today we're talking with Adam Jaffe. And he's the VP of Growth at Mike. And so what is Mike? Well, Mike is a, it's a media company at Mike.com that reaches over 30 million young people each month. So that's, that's quite a few people. So if you haven't heard of him, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, so we get to talk to Adam about how he's helping to grow that audience and the revenue, of course, um, using a combination of analytics and distribution and, and with that, the editorial decisions. So there's a lot of moving parts, and I'm excited to learn more from Adam, and I think it'll be great. Adam, uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, th- thank you, Dave. You have the honor of being my very first ever podcast. <laughs> all right, perfect. <laughs> oh, I, I broke through. Um, all right, so... Uh, Adam, what's uh? So let's start. Off, you know, we'll first start off with your kind of your background, and then uh, talk more about Mike and how you, you know, uh, view growth and uh, what programs you have in place. So, first off, Adam, what what is your background, and you know, how, how did you end up learning about the media distribution and analytics? Um, did you jump into the role, or did you uh, learn it before you came to Mike? Yeah, yeah, good question. I went to undergraduate business school and and my background is in finance and and then I took a little bit of a detour and spent some time screenwriting. And you know, so I, I think that understanding how to interpret numbers and also understanding why stories resonate on an emotional level are really the two things that you need to be successful at learning distribution and analytics. And so those two things came together for me in a really nice way. And and Mike was really the first place where I applied those things in that manner. So you know, most of it uh, I just did while learning uh, at Mike. Interesting. And uh, I hope you use that in the interview. That was pretty good, blending the screenwriting and the storytelling. That's, it makes sense. I never thought about it quite like that, though. <laughs> so I have to I have to ask, of course, about the screenwriting. Uh, so were were you in Hollywood then, or how did how did that transpire and come about? I, yeah, I, I did live in the middle of Hollywood. You know, I think I think the thing about screenwriting is that it it is really more than anything about commitment and hustle, and it's sort of this strange thing because screenwriters are these hermetic, isolated creatures who literally spend their days fantasizing about things that don't exist. Um, you know, but to, but to make it work, you really got to put yourself out there and and try to get projects off the ground and and convince people to spend two hours of their time reading your script and, and that takes tremendous hustle. And so I think, you know, when I look back on it, that that's really what I remember. Interesting. Okay. Um, and so what, what brought you to, let's see, after screenwriting, did you, did you go straight to Mike or what was that right after screenwriting? I did. I, yeah. I, yeah, you know, I met Chris and Jake who founded Mike, uh, about four years ago, uh, through a mutual friend and, they described to me what they were doing. And, you know, this was, this was about two years ago. And at the time there wasn't anybody doing smart news distributed through social in the way that they wanted to do. And, you know, we, you know, we'd all been there on our Facebook feeds where you see, you see the stories and this was back in like the up or the Buzzfeed sort of viral story days. Um, and you go into Facebook and you're like, this is all just not what I want to see. And so, what they were doing really resonated with me, and I immediately knew, you know, that this is something that is needed, and 
it's going to take off. And I knew I had to be a part of it. And so, you know, it just sort of came together um, through that. So what, uh, what particularly resonated with you? What was, what were they doing differently or what was your, how was their vision different than Buzzfeed and some of the other distribu- distribution platforms out there? Yeah, I think, you know, they, they were, they were adamant that you know, millennials and young people care about news and they care about uh, becoming smarter and, and getting, hmm. you know, real information uh, in a way that is different than our parents did. But um, just because we spend our time on Facebook doesn't mean we're ignoring the news. We just, we're going to get it in a different way. And so I think, you know, hearing that perspective and hearing, hearing Chris and Jake just believe that anyone is a smart, they want smart news, you know, which I knew to be right. Um, that was what, what really sold me. And I think, you know, it was really what we've, we've tried to do over the last few years and, and have been successful at staying true to. Interesting. Okay. And just for the audience and Adam, please fill in the details, but just what Mike is, which we kind of talked about, but if you go to Mike.com, it essentially is a, uh, it's a, a media site with lots of interesting articles, very visual. It looks great. And, uh, like as Adam said, it's definitely probably targeted towards the little younger generation. Um, did I miss anything or is that, uh, is that pretty much it? <laughs> Not pretty much it, but, uh, is it- no, yeah, I think that's, I, <laughs> no, I think that's it. You know, we're, we, we are the, you know, we, we cover national news, politics, technology, relationships, and, we do it through the perspective of our generation and, you know, we, our motto is rethink the world and, you know, we just want to have an impact on young people who come to us to, to get that perspective. Yes. Okay. That was much better. Uh, thank you. Um, so as, so let's talk a little bit more about your role at Mike and, uh, which has helped to, to grow the audience and revenue. And, uh, so as VP of growth, what are your responsibilities um, you know, your focus areas that you have. I'm responsible. Yeah, I'm, I'm responsible for, for putting the processes in place to grow audience and for managing distribution and analytics teams. Uh, so I'm not actually responsible for growing revenue. That's uh, Evan, our, our sales leader, is, is the guy for that. Um, but for my job, you know, there's really two parts to it. It's A, distributing all of our content and, and then B, building for new growth. And you know, so that that's really what I do is just push forward on both of those things uh, at once. Gotcha. Okay. And so what type of a, how do you set up your programs? Like when you came in, was there a VP of growth or did you set, did you kind of set up the whole, um, the whole role yourself and how is it structured when you came in and how is it structured now? Yeah, so there was there was no VP of growth when I came on, and and the role that I came on was as director of analytics, and and there hadn't been one before that. You know, we had some infrastructure in place to collect and process uh, limited information, and you know, so so there there was some things in place, and then there was a lot that wasn't in place, and I think um, you know p- part of my job is to figure out what pieces of data that we need. And then, you know, I lean heavily on the engineering and product team to actually collect and process that information for us. And so in terms of tools that we, we use, um, 
we generally use the tools provided by each platform. We're very third-party software-wary. We really don't depend on on outside tools. Um, hmm. And so our you know our approach is to figure out what information is available and what information that we need, and then we collect and process that data, and then our engineering team you know pulls it into a database, and then we. Uh, you know, we try to allow anyone at Mike to be able to access that information through a proprietary overlay that our engineers build. Hmm. And and so, why are you uh, weary of uh, third-party tools? Right now, are you talking about like on the Facebook platform you use their essentially uh, um, their analytics platform instead of uh, relying on somebody else to pull in that data? Yeah, you know, I mean, you can so, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can get a lot of information from these platforms. And typically what you see with third-party softwares are that they will just package this information in a more palatable way. Um, you know, and I think for us, that doesn't really move the needle on what we want to do. And so we're able to just think about, okay, what do we, you know, what do we need to see and how do we need to access it and who on the team needs to see it? And so for us, these custom solutions just make a little bit more sense. Obviously, we're lucky that we have the resources to be able to do that. Definitely. And and, and how do you do, when you first came out, how do you learn what Mike needed in order to grow? You know, what, what analytics to look at, how to uh, look at distribution or, or relook at distribution if you didn't have a, a deep background, but obviously you've done, you've done a pretty well. How did you learn how to put all that together? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the thing to remember, Dave, is that nobody had ever done this before. Hmm. And so, you know, somebody who spent 10 years in media had never actually encountered this before. So everyone in the industry was learning it at the same time. And and these things change very, very quickly. So, you know, every six months, Facebook is actually a different Facebook. And the you know, search is different. And there's different variables that go into what makes a successful search story. So... We're, we're all learning this kind of in real time together. And so I, I think that is, you know, part of why you're able to see a lot of new places pop up and and do well uh, relatively quickly. Uh, but I think, you know, a part, part of it is you just, you, you look at the goal. And so I knew that we had a, a certain goal that we wanted to reach. And then you have to take a step back and say, Okay, what are the growth levers that we think that can can really move the needle? And then, what pieces of information do you need to understand to get those growth levers moving? And so, once you have that, you know, you start to collect those pieces of information, and then analyze whether your assumptions were correct or not. And it just sort of, you know, you, you do that on a continued basis, and that's you know, that's part of what can help fuel growth. Hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Right, I mean, this is just a, a new uh, burgeoning area. It, uh, you're right. You kind of just have to learn on the job, which is makes it so interesting. Every every day is a new experiment. Um, so what what play, platform? Yeah, it you, it okay. is, and I mean these things. It. No, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I I was just gonna go on and ask uh, what what platforms you guys use for distribution. I met, um, imagine you're on Facebook. Yeah, so we you know we distribute our content anywhere young people spend time, and for us that's primarily search and social platforms. So you know Google, Facebook, YouTube, Tumblr, Twitter, 
Instagram, you know, I think our two largest audiences are through through search, primarily through Google and and through social, primarily through Facebook. Um, obviously, the reader behavior is, is very different on both of those platforms. Uh, but we you know we try to get our our stories out wherever wherever people are. Hmm. So so how does it work on Google when uh you you uh launch a story? Because the how does does the, if the person is searching for you know Donald Trump, not to give that a shout out, but Donald Trump, uh, you know, would you somehow build a rank um, for stories on? on Google around Donald? Or how does that work? Yeah. You know, our, our approach with search is to think about, okay, what, what information are people seeking out to be educated on? And so we, we start there and we say, okay, you know, Donald Trump is probably not you know where we would start our approach, but we would say, okay, are people, really wondering about what are Donald Trump's policies on immigration or what do Donald Trump's policies on immigration mean uh, for XYZ. And so we would start there and and build a piece around that. And so that that's kind of the way that we're we're thinking about search is, you know, the behavior is somebody's actually seeking out a piece of information. And so how can we, you know, provide that information in a way that is going to satisfy uh, and answer that question. No, that's smart. And how, and you know, there's not a whole lot of analysis you can necessarily do, right? Because this is so real time. Uh, how do you know when a story, or do you, is it a gut feel? How do you know if a story's going to work or not? Or is it a lot of testing, changing the headlines or changing the content? Or how does, how do you handle that? Yeah, you know, I think for, I think for search, it is a little bit, it is a little bit at the start, not so clear. So you think, okay, these are the questions that people would ask. You put them out there. You know, you're in a little bit of the uh, mercy of Google's ranking. Uh, and so, you know, what, what you can see is whether something pops on search. You know, isn't that a question that people were asking? Were you right? Um, and so, if that's if the answer is yes, and you can sort of say, okay, what are the next questions around that that people might have? So, the next logical question. You know, that's what you want to pinpoint down, and then you want to serve that. Um, so I think there there is a there is a real tough component. You can't see that in search. I think on social, um, you know, it's a lot of the same thing where you're you're looking at okay, what have we put out in the past, and really, and then you try to apply those learnings to whatever situation that you're facing. Hmm. So if it's a news event, you know, we've been unfortunate in this country to have many you know shootings throughout the last year or two, you know, we kind of know the things and the themes that people are going to want to talk about uh, when these events happen. And so you can start to, to think about them in, in that way. Interesting. And do you guys do any paid search? I mean, I'm sorry, paid advertising on the, for, on the search, search engines or the social sites? No, you know, we don't, we don't do any paid. Um, we're all, all organic. organic. Oh, interesting. And what uh, so? Can you can you walk us walk us through kind of like a case study? Let's say you have an article, and I mean you, you distribute it across a lot of platforms. And so, you know, how do you come up with that initial idea? And then how do you um, once you have the idea, how do you dis- di- distribute it? And what what tools do you use? Uh, it sounds like you might just go out to the the, the platforms themselves, not necessarily use the third party tools. Um, and then how do you do? 
the analytics on that to see what's working, what's not working. Yeah, it all, it all starts with our editorial team, and they decide, you know, what do we want to cover, what's important for Mike to to cover for our readers, and what, what are the stories that we want to tell and make sure that people know. So it starts there, and the role of the analytics and distribution team is to then you know, help inform editors of how, um, you know, how we might be able to distribute that story for the widest reach. And, you know, that's everything from does this audience live on this platform to how can we package that in a way that we know will peak interest. And so, you know, really starts, starts, there. So it starts with the editorial team thinking of what they want to cover, deciding what's important to Mike, the, the distribution and analytics team that comes in and says, okay, here's where I think this might be able to serve our readers. We know we've got this pocket uh, here that can work. So let's say it's a story on Hillary Clinton. You know, we know we can find that audience through our Tumblr audience, which, you know, seems to respond to, to stories about Hillary. So we can think about it in that way. And then, you know, there's implications about how you're going to tell the story based on that. So Tumblr is a very visual platform. So we might want to think about making a highly visual story or, or telling it in a little bit of a different uh, format. Um, and so that's sort of the cycle of, of how it works until we push it out. And then once we push it out, you know, we wait and see and we see, okay, you know, A, did this get a wide reach? Um, and then B, you know, what, what was the engagement like? And, you know, the ultimate way that, that we measure our successes on impact, which we think is a measure of uh, reach times trust. And so we try to think about both of those components together to say, you know, did the story really have an impact? Um, and then we take that knowledge and we internalize it for the next time. Hmm, interesting. So, so you customize each article for each uh, platform? When it's possible, we try to because the, you know, you have to think about the consumer or the reader behavior on each platform is very different. So if you're on your phone and you're reading a story through Facebook, that's a certain kind of experience. And if you're, you know, on your desktop and you've sought out uh, the answer to a question, you know, through a search story, that's a very different experience. And so you have to think about about building these stories in a way that are going to uh, best serve the experience that the reader is is having. Gotcha. Okay. And how long does it take from the time that the editorial folks say hey let's do this story by the time you release it to, to know this story is really working it's not working yeah that's a good question I, you know i think it depends on what your answer of working or not working is i think <laughs> true <laughs> for, for the most part um we can tell pretty quickly on on many of these platforms and you know i think probably we get the quickest response on on Facebook, you can see pretty quickly, you know, how people are engaging with that story. I think a platform like Tumblr takes a little bit longer um, to to see really the, the impact of the story. And then search, you know, also really depends on a number of factors that, that takes a little bit longer as well. And so it really just depends on the platform uh, that you push your story out on. That makes sense. So it sounds, you push these uh, stories across all these platforms. So it sounds like the analytics are uh, could be fairly complex. Do you look at certain metrics? Well, I'm sure you look at certain metrics if you can share those. And then also, you know, do you use certain tools and uh, 
and how do you analyze like kind of the historical what what's happened so that you can learn um yeah to make better decisions in the future yeah you know i i think we the key metrics are really variable depending on what we're pushing out and why and so we always start by asking okay what's our goal with this um you know, as I mentioned, our ultimate goal is to, to have an impact, and we think about that in terms of reach and trust. And so a lot of our analytics are focused on measuring that reach part, and we think about that either, you know, in referral traffic or distributed impressions depending on the platform. The trust part is a little bit trickier, and so we're, we're constantly thinking about how we can measure that as well. Hmm. Um, but that's really the way that, that we think about it um, on a consistent basis. Gotcha. Okay. And, uh, and how, and how do you go back and look at past the successes or, or articles that didn't do well? Um, how do you analyze those? Cause I'm sure how many, how many articles do you write or do you push out each year? Do you have any idea? Yeah, so we, 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 you know, off the top of my head, I think we're doing about, I want to say a thousand a month. Wow. Um, okay. so we're, and that's, that's growing, um, you know, I think we, you know, we look every day um, at, at what happened yesterday. So every day our editorial and distribution teams review the performance of stories across all of our platforms. And, you know, we try to internalize this and, and understand what resonates with readers and what doesn't. And that you know, really is an essential part of the process. And so we do, you know, we think about that as, as something that's important to focus on each day. Interesting. Okay. And do you guys do it? A B testing with headlines on different platforms? Yeah, the you know, I think the bulk of our A B testing is around the product end of things. And so we're constantly figuring out, you know, what design can encourage certain actions that we want from the reader. I think in terms of headlines and and content, um, we don't do quite as much on, on that end. Okay. Interesting. So what would be an example of a uh, AB testing the design? Yeah. So if, you know, if, for example, if you are on Mike.com on your mobile phone uh, and you go to an article page, you at the very top right below the headline, you'll see uh, three share buttons. One's for Facebook. One is for uh, Twitter and one is for uh, WhatsApp. And so we're constantly testing those buttons and seeing the effectiveness of, you know, are we getting people to hit share if we move this button here? Uh, are we getting people to share if we move it to the bottom? So that kind of thing, um, and that changes all the time. Interesting. Okay, makes sense. And and so if if you so this is a little outside of Mike, but if you were gonna start at a, a new media company as a head of growth, you know, what type of a what questions would you start asking them or what, what systems do you think they would should have in place? And I guess it's a, it's kind of a loaded question because it probably depends on who they are. Um, but didn't know if you had any, have more general advice or thoughts on, you know, how to think about growth, especially at media companies. I would, yeah, yeah I would say, yeah, I think you have to first answer the question, what is our ultimate goal? And then from there you ask yourself, okay, how do we think we can get there? What do we think are the specific growth levers that we can pull to reach our goal? Now, keep in mind, you might not know 
what your growth levers are, but you can make some assumptions. And and doing that will help you really point to the specific pieces of information that you need to understand. And so, you know, that's where you start and say, okay, how can I collect and process those pieces of information and analyze whether or not my assumptions were correct? And then I think if you if you do that, you'll be able to set yourself up in a position to, you know, see whether you're right or wrong and move from there. Um, and so I think, you know, that's that's where I would start, I think, in terms of analytics program. It just depends on the kind of information that you need. So obviously it's, it's difficult to make a sweeping recommendation. Right. Sometimes acquiring the information is, is difficult. Sometimes it's all there for you. Sometimes a third-party tool can easily present that information for you. So it just depends on, you know, A, what is available, and, and then B, what resources do you have to, to commit to collecting and processing that information. Yes, that's why you guys have 110 people because you guys you guys stay busy with a, a thousand articles a month and doing all the analytics and yeah, it's a you guys must have some nice processes in place to handle all that. Yeah, we're we're in a fortunate position. Yes, definitely. Um. So, do you, as a part of growth, do you, how, how involved do you get in the editorial decisions? I know you definitely work with them closely, um, but do you help kind of? craft the the articles ever or what's your role in the editorial yeah so you know the the role of, of analytics is to inform editors you know of how an audience has responded to a story and and that's all all we can do and all we want to do you know it's really just all our editorial team with the most information that we have you know we do not make any editorial decisions so that's not why we're here um and so i think you know what i find what we're most helpful is, you know, once an editor, an editor has decided, okay, I want to tell this story, it's important to Mike, you know, we can come in and work with that editor to to help find a readership for that story based on what we know. Um, and so I think, you know, we've, we've found a really good balance um, there. And I think, you know, that that's sort of how we view it. Gotcha. Okay. And we're getting close to the end here. and But just kind of want to talk about the f- future a little bit. Do you... I mean, do you you know, you said you don't use a lot of third-party tools. As part of the growth industry, do you see more third-party tools being useful? Um, what else do you think will become more more prevalent as uh, time goes on? You know, I think what what the analytics industry and, and what people who create third-party tools need to really figure out is how we're going to measure reach and engagement on distributed platforms and you know we're we're shifting to a landscape where you know there's going to be a broad uh, and diversified distribution strategy for every company and that's going to be hard to measure and sometimes the information is provided by a platform but sometimes it's not so you know on instagram and snapchat for instance the information that we get is pretty limited and so it's hard for us to then turn and say, okay, here's how our readers are behaving on these platforms. And it's even harder for the sales team to then make a case to advertisers that this attention is valuable. And so I think that is really the, the near-term solution or, or near-term challenge that the analytics industry is going to have to, to find a solution for. Interesting. Do you, do you have any thoughts on a potential solution? I think we're... <laughs> No, yeah, I think it, it a lot of it really goes back to what what can we get from the platforms themselves and what are they reporting. Um, 
And I think it depends on the priorities of that platform, how much they're willing to to give to publishers. And so I think that's going to be, you know, something that's going to have to evolve as the relationships between publishers and platforms evolve. Fair enough. Fair enough. That makes sense. Well, I think that uh, you definitely answered all my questions and more. And I really appreciate it. I learned a lot. So uh, now, uh, now I know how to start up a media company. Actually, that's not the case at all. But, <laughs> but, man, yeah, you guys have quite the operation there. So it's uh, it's impressive what uh, you and the folks at Mike have set up. Well, thank you, Dave. I, I appreciate that. We're you know we're we're happy to kind of be in the position we are, and we're excited about all the things that we're doing and that our growth is is allowing us to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it must be fun, essentially shaping and bringing a voice to the world, and you can kind of help shape that, which is a very unique position to be in. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks Adam for uh, coming on and uh, that's all. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks Dave. Appreciate it. Bye everyone.